This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. 10.33 on KMOX. Good to chat with Ollie Marmel once again. Cardinals manager, always better after a win, that's for sure. And good to talk with him. John Mosellock in an hour. Joining us right now is Dan Reardon, our senior golf editor. We've been doing this a long time, talking about the U.S. Open and other majors. How are you, Dan? I'm doing fine, Tom. How about you? I'm doing great. Los Angeles Country Club. Boy, everyone has an opinion uh, about L.A. Country Club, it sounds like. What do you think so far about this exclusive club hosting the U.S. Open? How have they done? I was concerned the first day because the scoring was so extreme, but I think they had a little bit of wet conditions. The courses stood up very well to the field the next couple of days. Um, Artistically, I think it's a great success. Uh, You've got a wonderful leaderboard. You have compelling stories through a number of players. So I, I would give this uh, a thumbs up in almost every category, contrary to maybe what Brooks Kepka has said. Yeah, Brooks Kepka said a couple of things. I think he, when Brooks is either joking or trying to be lighthearted, he comes off as serious. And when he's trying to be serious, he comes off as serious. Like You, you just have to, when Brooks says something, everyone seems to react. But there you go. He, he's... Hey, he's the PGA champion after all, and and he he wins a lot. So what he says gains a lot of traction. Uh, Wyndham Clark, however, jumps in last night, and I believe it was last night, and said he doesn't like these late starts. That he had trouble seeing the ball. In fact, I heard the commentators on NBC saying when Ricky Fowler was approaching eighteen that it was hard to see out there. And and it has been the plan all along that the Sunday tee times will be earlier and they are quite a bit earlier so quoting st louis times the leaders uh clark and fowler which we the last group out will go off at 4 30 st louis time and i believe it was six something when they went off last night so they won't be dealing with daylight issues uh but that was purely a television decision and it's a television decision in terms of the east coast they wanted to have that broadcast into that part of the country go late into the evenings to try to lock lock in an audience and it was you know, the one thing you have to know when you're watching a tournament on television, the cameras will adjust to the available daylight, and it was considerably darker than uh, than people saw it on TV. That's for sure. Meanwhile, yesterday I did watch, and there was some drama there at the end. Wyndham Clark is able to get himself uh, up and down after 
a very difficult shot, fell off the green. Then on 18, he hits the flagstick and still has some meat left. He's got to knock down that putt, and he does, fist pumps. And then Ricky Fowler misses his three-and-a-half-footer, which I can relate to. I've done it a million times. Uh, but it's the U.S. Open. It's 18. It creates a little drama here with McElroy and then Scotty Scheffler going crazy down the stretch. This is going to be a good Sunday. And, and that's why I think, you know, this course stands up particularly well. Yes, it gives up good scores. You know, Tom Kim shot 29 on the front nine uh, yesterday and then came back with a two over par of 37 on the second nine. At Aaron Hills, when they set all the records, the four-day records for a U.S. Open championship, Nobody ever went backwards on that leaderboard. Nobody ever bogeyed holes. They just made birdies or pars. Here, as you see, when people get in trouble, they get in serious trouble. A better example, no better example than that than the first hole yesterday was Xander Shoffley hitting three shots out of the bunker on the very first hole. So I, I think a good golf course is one is is one that rewards and punishes. And L.A. Country Club rewards and punishes. And Tom, I go back oh twenty years ago or so. When I played there, I thought it was a wonderful course at the time, and the setting is unparalleled in the game of golf. Absolutely. I I am uh, really blown away by Clark and what he's been able to do here, and now I'll really see what he's made of against these big names. But uh, Wyndham Clark, if people are wondering who he is, been a good player, and then he comes out and wins his first PGA Tour uh, victory earlier this year, the Wells Fargo. And that changes things, doesn't it, for a player? You can just see the confidence and the fire in his eyes. And, and fire is really a good term. And he was asked about, you know, the, uh, the reaction to the uh, second shot that he hit in on nine where he gave the club a decided twirl. And he said that typically, he said, no, I, that's the way I am inside, but I'm generally not that way outside. But he's, he is a pretty intense individual. And you have to understand, he may be new to this position on the leaderboard. But he's no youngster by any means. He's been out there for a number of years. Took him a long time to get that breakthrough win. And now that he has it, you know, he will be a legitimate, although tested, unknown on this leaderboard. By the way, Tom, there is, you always look for a St. Louis connection. And there actually is a St. Louis connection in the final group. You know, after his round yesterday, Ricky Fowler was asked about the water container that he carries all the way through the golf course. And uh, he said, you know, he, he does that because it forces him to drink water and he needs to do that throughout the day. And he was asked about the stickers because there are stickers on that. Uh, that. What's his favorite sticker? And his favorite sticker is a light bulb. And that light bulb, he said, was for a St. Louis Brewery side project uh, that he thinks is a pretty cool place. So, you know, at least one brewery has a positive endorsement going out there on their product. Oh, I like that side projects. Unbelievable. Side project is in Maplewood. And it uh, look, I don't want to, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but I'll say it's in the photo for best in St. Louis. It is unbelievable, but it's small and exclusive. And I think people come into town just to hit some of our small places like side projects. I like that a lot. Uh, the, this is going to be fun to watch. It certainly is. That said, I, I will admit, I mentioned Kepka. I personally, I like Kepka because he won the PGA Championship here in St. Louis, and and I enjoy having some. He's not that he's a villain, but he's you know he's different than everybody else. I like his mentality. Maybe this comes from watching Full Swing and kind of getting invested in what he's dealing with mentally. So I kind of like Kepka. I used to really like Dustin Johnson, and I will admit that since he went to live, I've changed my view. And I know that the two are coming back together, PGA Tour and Live, and. I probably should get over it, but 
I still have, maybe I'll get through this, Dan, the players that left, I'm going to have to warm back up to. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's the case for the players as well. Uh, they are friends, but there's, there's animosity that still exists. There's a little resentment that still exists. So, yeah, it'll take time. The key to that will be what are the terms of readmission for these players that left to, to go to LIV. And, and if those are acceptable to the, uh, the remaining tour players, I think it'll be a short-lived kind of um, honeymoon that they will have uh, when they get back. But like I said, those, those factors need to be determined. And, and I talked about stories, Tom. You know, obviously you would expect the top four to produce this winter, although we know this golf course gives up great scores. So the guys that are sitting a ways back think they can go out and put up a number. But I think the most compelling stories out there are both Fowler and McElroy. McElroy is the most accomplished of the group and has the four majors. But, you know, for Hollywood, for a Southern California guy, Ricky Fowler winning this, coming back from the kind of adversity he's faced over the last four years, I would think would be – exactly a Hollywood ending. I don't know that he's really positioned to do that. He's been backing up every day in terms of uh, his scores. So I'm not not sure that he can deliver the goods, but I I think the Ricky Fowler story, and he said yesterday, he said, one thing I can tell you, he said, I know what disappointment feels like. I know what failure feels like. I've learned that over the last four years, and I'm not worried about going out tomorrow worrying about failure. I'm going to just go out and play golf. And I, I think Ricky has had all the right notes in his pro- post-tournament comments. Mm, I like that. That's really good. I, I have uh, a lot of feelings for Fowler in that way. And, and again, I'm you know not supposed to be rooting for somebody necessarily, but it is a great story without question. Fowler's kind of like the Blues and McElroy's like the Cardinals. You know, McElroy's won the championships. When is he going to do it again? Uh, before the Blues uh, won their cup, obviously. That's that's Ricky Fowler, and he's got a legion of people kind of pulling for him. We'll see what ends up happening here. I got to say, though, uh, you know, I mentioned DJ at 500. Shoffley got out to a blazing start, and he's 500. They're not out of it necessarily, and neither is Harris English. I mean, he kind of hung around. He shot 30 on the front. Uh, to finish off a 66. I mean, he's right there, isn't he? Absolutely. You know, like I said, the statistic would say that you're not going to come from more than three back in most cases. But then all we have to do is look at last year, uh, a comfort behind winner and Matthew Fitzpatrick, who wasn't playing in the final group. But yeah, I would, I would think that you could, given the quality of those players, the Johnson, the Shopleys, the English, I think you can look at people at five under and say, the, the two leaders at 10 under are going to be under enormous pressure to even stay at that position. That if you could go out and throw a really strong number at the field uh, reasonably early, you could deliver the goods. And by the way, there is that other odd connection that uh, the final group are both Oklahoma State golfers. And in fact, Ricky Fowler sort of big brothered uh, Wyndham Clark when they were at Oklahoma State because it was years apart. And, and they actually are putting with the exact same putter that uh, Clark asked Fowler about his putter because he practiced with it one time. And uh, he loved it so much, he went to the manufacturer and said, I want exactly the same specs on my putter that Ricky Fowler has. And they're both putting with the identical club. Wow. They got that big grip. A bit. I don't yeah, know. Does what, that help? I, I guess. 
it, it negates it negates the hands. It, it reduces wrist action. Uh, and uh, Fowler was always a good putter. It's sort of interesting that he's gone to a little bit of a crutch in this circumstance. Interesting stuff. Dan, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the U.S. Open, and we'll hear a couple of your reports tomorrow morning on Total Information AM. I enjoyed it, Tom. Thank you. I also wanted to bring in Nick Ragone of the Ascension Charity Classic, who is on the line. And, Nick, I wanted to ask you, by the way, happy Father's Day. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, this is wonderful. You know, listening to Dan's conversation, um, I love that St. Louis connection, by the way. And I I think this is one of those uh, U.S. Opens where somebody could come from behind in the pack. You know, there's a lot of birdies on this course and a lot of bogeys. But I look at DJ, where he is, I actually like that spot a lot. He gets out early. He can go 30 on that front nine. That front nine is very gettable. I wouldn't be shocked if he puts up a number. And so I think it's going to be one of those opens. It's going to feel more like the back nine at the Masters, where there's a lot of birdies, a lot of eagles, and a lot of bogeys. Absolutely. I mentioned uh, Harris going 30 on the front nine. That was in round two. He certainly is capable of doing that again. So this is going to be a lot of fun uh, here in this final round. I wanted to bring you in because I didn't. I personally haven't had a chance to chat with you. Uh, about the PGA Tour live uh, unification, let's say, although we're not really sure what the parameters it's, of that it's are. Actually, the, the, <laughs> the term is it's a merger between the PGA Tour and the public investment fund. So it's right. not a merger between the PGA Tour and live. And I know it's semantics, but it's not. Live as a brand may or may not live on. Right. So what the tour is doing is they're forming NUCO. They haven't named it yet. And it's going to be the PGA Tour, which is going to then get investments from the PIF, the Public Investment Fund, which is Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund. And then underneath that NUCO will be the DP World Tour. The PGA Tour is a, still a nonprofit, a 506C3. And then maybe or maybe not the Live brand or some other form of that. So. And I think that's important because for me, as a PGA Tour partner, the first thing I thought about when I saw the announcement was, is it going to change the tour's nonstop profit status? Because as you know, Tommy, we created this event to give back money to charity. We set a record amount in the first three years. That's the whole point of it. And so the answer to that is yes, the tour itself will stay nonprofit, but there will be a new co, which is going to get an infusion of money from the public investment fund. And I think the PGA Tour is going to have to, Dan said, we need to see details on this. I don't have the details. Nobody has the details. And so it's yet to be determined. But the most important thing from my perspective is that the tour properties like PGA Tour champions stay in nonprofit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, the whole point of what you're doing here is to help St. Louis and North County specifically. Uh, Nick, we're going with us. And I, while I was overseeing, I read your column, well, Ben Fredrickson's column that he wrote about you and about the the PGA Tour champions and everything, but also the Ascension Charity Classic, and and you painted also a positive picture in that there's a chance some big names could be coming to see. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, and I agree with your and Danny's conversation was interesting about, you know, you having to warm back up to DJ. And I, I, in talking to some of the players, I don't think there's as much animosity among the players as there is in the media. You know, the DJ and Phil, they still play at Grove 23 with, uh, with Rory and Brooks and all those guys. They see each other. But for me, the Champions Tour, potentially, not this year, but next year, Phil will be eligible again. And Lee Westwood, by the way, who turned 50, and he's a major star. And so it really comes down to what is the reapplication process back to the PGA Tour look like for guys who renounced their membership. And, and guys like Phil, who not only renounced it, but sued the tour and has said a lot of derogatory things. I think his path back, Tom, is going to be different than DJs, who didn't sue the tour, who didn't say a lot of derogatory things, who's well-liked, Cam Smith, too. So... There will be a process, but the net net is that 
Look, for the game of golf itself, this schism hurt, right? Having a global schism hurt. For the PGA Tour champions, the potential to have people like Phil and Lee Westwood. And by the way, Ian Poulter turns 50 and Sergio and Martin Keimer. A lot of big names that are going to turn 50 soon. And so having that schism solved is a good thing. But at the end of the day, the most important thing for me is, does the tour remain a nonprofit? The answer to that is yes. Am I able to give all our proceeds back to charity? The answer to that is yes. Are they going to still invest in communities and title sponsors who are committed to underserved communities? The answer to that is yes. Now, yes. Now, I obviously, we all want to see the details, and there are no details yet on this because they had to do the deal in secrecy to get it done, and I understand that. And, you know, and unfortunately, Jay Monahan is now out on medical leave, and we wish him well. But we need to see details on the plan going forward. Really interesting perspective. I know that you are involved in a lot of those back channels and understanding what's really going on. So thank you for that. I appreciate it, Nick. No, thank you. I enjoyed the conversation with you and Dan. It's going to be a great Sunday, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, including you, Tom. Thank you. Good to hear from you again. Nick Ragone, Ascension Charity Classic with us on KMOX. It's 1049, back right after this. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 